Well, good morning. Welcome back to the broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN AM for Tuesday, July 5th, 2022. And our top story today, active mutual funds can't measure up to indexes again. Well, joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Scott Burns is a columnist with the Dallas Morning News. Scott, so great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us in the program this morning. Good to see you too. Yeah, this is this is a great topic, and and you know this is about active funds versus passive funds. And you did a lot of research and a lot of you wrote a column about this and and did a lot of research and dug into it. Uh, before we kind of break down the research, I want to ask you just for the audience's benefit: Can we define active fund versus a passive fund? Uh, yes, an active fund is one that has uh, a manager or managers uh, who are trying to select uh, uh, securities, either stocks or bonds, that they they believe will be superior to other securities in the same category. So it's uh, you could call it a guessing game. Uh, you could call it a game of skill. Uh, but the the our topic is really that. Uh, it's very difficult to demonstrate skill, and the better way to win the game is to play by the odds and, and reduce your costs. So let's talk about the performance, and that's what we mean, performing against a benchmark, performing against the universe of funds. How have active funds done? Do they consistently, and again, we're, we're talking very generically here, uh, there are obviously different fund categories, but how have active funds performed relative to their passively invested or indexed peers? Index funds, uh, uh, on an average, will beat a managed fund about 80% of the time. So you, your chance of picking a winning fund uh, runs from 1 in 5 to maybe 1 in 10. For, you know, for instance, among bond funds, uh, only about 10%, sometimes less, will beat an index over any period of time. And the longer your period of time, the lower your chance that uh, a manager will, will win. And of course, the longer the period of time, the greater the chance that the fund will disappear or that the manager will change and you basically start your probability game all over. In terms of selecting a mutual fund, I mean, there must be thousands and thousands of it in the mutual fund universe. Uh, they're in IRAs, they're in SEPs, they're in KIOs, they're in many 401k, 403b, and governmental 47 retirement plans. It's very difficult for the average person like myself to be able to sort through and pick the right fund. A lot of times people just select based on that performance number that, hey, it's up 10% in the quarter. It's really hard to select the right fund. It absolutely is. And uh, that's why it's kind of a fool's game. Uh, but the, what we face is this onslaught of uh, people who sound very good, who tell us that they see this and that in the future. Uh, and we unfortunately tend to believe them. But, you know, those are the messages we get that are, uh, imagine that you're, you're taking driving lessons. You've never driven before, and your instructor tells you to watch the hood of the car closely. 
that's the equivalent of what we have in everything that we see on the media. You know, when we see the talking heads in the morning, uh, uh, when we, we read the reports, it's saying, wow, look what happened to, at just ahead of the hood. Uh, and it's misleading because we have to invest over a long period of time for, you know, basically for our whole lives, starting at whatever time we can scrape together our first dime to save. You're right. Long term investing, most people are focused on saving for a home, saving for an education, saving for their retirement, saving for some other expense. And that requires oftentimes long term incremental contributions is what we call it in the retirement industry, contributions to uh, a plan or to an investment. But Scott, do fees matter too? So for active funds, you're paying a little bit more or a lot more in some cases relative to their passive equivalents. And and those fees matter. Absolutely. I mean, that's the key key thing that the the managers... uh, however smart they are, however well-informed they are, they cannot outrun the disadvantage of their costs. And in fact, uh, the, the reason I got into looking at this is I started examining that difference. And I found that the odds, this is long before Sputa started, uh, the odds of getting a winning fund uh, increased with lower costs. The higher the cost of the fund, in other words, you're paying for good management here, uh, is BS. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you're absolutely right. Uh, what does this mean in, in a volatile market? I mean, obviously, we are facing rising interest rates. We've got market volatility. Um, even harder to find the winners versus the not winners, the losers. Well, I, but this is where the managers will say, this is the time to own individual stocks. This is the time to be very careful about your fixed income holdings. And, uh, but when the statistics come out, what we generally find is that, oh my, the, the managed funds didn't do, they didn't do what they said they would do. They, they had too much cash. They didn't have enough cash. They sold at the wrong time. They bought at the wrong time. Uh, so they're doing what they usually do, uh, which is not, produce winning results on, on, on average. And then on, on a consistent matter, basis. Yeah. On a consistent basis. And then it becomes a matter of, of, okay, for you and me, uh, what is, what are the odds that will in this panorama of funds, what are the odds that we will be able to pick one of the winners? And it's basically, you know, very poor choices. You know, we yeah. not a good chance. Well, Scott, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about active versus passive and how to pick the right fund for your long-term investing. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, 
the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses, I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Are you over 50? Would you like to get up to 33% more income in retirement? Then call now for this free book, Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers. This free book reveals little-known secrets about annuity strategies that will help you make the right choices before buying an annuity. Call right now for your free book. And as a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report, both absolutely free, for calling Annuity General today. Call 800-504-8194. Welcome back. We're talking this morning to Scott Burns. He's a columnist with the Dallas Morning News. Scott, thanks so much for staying with us this morning. Thank you for, for talking with me. Yeah, this is this is obviously great research, and it's really important for regular people just to be able to discern between what is accurate and what will help them achieve their long-term investment goals. Scott, I want to go back to something, um, you know, kind of as we were going in the commercial break, it, it made me think about education and how do we educate people like you and I and, and maybe people who are not as informed about how to write, be, make the best decisions because it may not be, as we were talking about, looking at fund performance in, in a short term, on a short term basis? Uh, well, the first thing we do is disabuse ourselves of the idea that we have to be very educated, that we have to be really good with numbers. Uh, one of the intimidating things about investments is, is that, you know, the reality is that when you start talking numbers, most people leave the room. If they can't leave the room, they get kind of desperate, they start sweating. Uh, the thing is, you don't have to, the, it, you don't have to have an MBA. You don't have to have be a C, CFA. You don't have to have those things. Those are the, the the things that lead you into this search. When in fact, the you when you draw back and look at the big picture, you're not going to get anywhere with a whole bunch of numbers. There is uh, uh, Charlie Munger. Warren Buffett's partner has said there is no advantage to having an IQ of 160 uh, if you're investing. It's all about being simpler. And the simple thing is to watch, okay, how can I capture the return on this asset class, stocks, uh, with the highest probability? What can I do? And the answer comes up, uh, buy an index fund, buy it in the you buy the total U.S. market, 
and long-term you'll do very well. Uh, I get thank you letters from readers who started reading my column long ago. I started writing it in 1977 uh, and uh, they have retired and they're very happy campers, not because they did anything complicated, but because they saved money, they paid off their mortgage and they reduced their investment expenses. Yeah, and, and so you're, what you're really talking about is is basics. I mean, it's just very basics, basic. yeah. very basic, but it's the power of compounding over a long period of time. If you contribute incrementally towards your financial objectives and manage things prudently, and you don't have to be an expert, um, you will be more successful over the long haul than if you're just, you know, engaging in water cooler talk and saying, and being in the, trying to put yourself in the, in the hottest fund. You just, you just can't time the market. Absolutely. Uh, and you can't pick, pick stocks. I mean, I started realizing this, you know, I'm from Boston. I went to MIT. Uh, uh, I really love talking to smart people. Money managers are smart people. And I would talk to people at Fidelity and Mass Financial Services when they were heroes with high, high returns. And then strange things would happen. The, you know, the market would scoop out their brains. All of a sudden, you know, six months later, they were dummies, or at least they were dummies as measured by stock market performance. So uh, I started looking at what the odds were. Uh, and this SPIVA exercise, which has been going on now for more than 20 years, is the best research that con confirms this. And it does this twice a year for over 20 years. So, uh, you know, it's quite conclusive. Uh, yeah. And it's binding. What, yeah. What about the argument? Um, there's a big push now for alternative investments. So that the traditional, you look at, for example, pension funds. You have a pension fund in, in, in the state of Texas. Uh, there are many pension funds out there that invest in alternatives, things like private equity and hedge funds. And so the argument always is, hey, look, you know, we're just not going to earn the six to eight percent in the traditional markets. Does the same apply? And, and there's a push for retail investors to to you know, change the definition of the accredited investor, which is done by the SEC, to allow people who maybe are even less informed but have some amount of money to invest in these types of instruments. Uh, the short answer is that's just more fee seeking on the part of the financial services in industry. Uh, it bothers me, and I've written about this, that the Texas teachers retirement system has a significant and increasing uh, uh, commitment to alternative investments. Those investments aren't indexes. Uh, they reduce the liquidity of the fund, so they are only blessed as long as new teachers are joining the system, which happens to be the case now because Texas is growing. But, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're paying more in the hope of getting a higher return. And it's, it's proven that that doesn't work. There's no secret corner of the investment market where your big return is hiding or being hidden for you. Yeah, I have to think that uh, I want to get your in the last couple of minutes that we have, get your your thoughts about cryptocurrency. And this is completely not related, by the way, to indexing, even though I think there are some uh, proposals to create an exchange traded fund, a spot ETF for things like Bitcoin. But, you know, your thoughts about cryptocurrency, what we have seen with the recent decline of things like Bitcoin 
Ether, Ripple, and other cryptos? I, I view that as hysterical investment in a time of uh, too much money. The uh, Don't get me wrong, I think the blockchain technology uh, is important. It, it will uh, possibly create opportunities for uh, knowledge of ownership and proof of ownership in, in places in the world where it's been very difficult to achieve, basically all of South America and much of the rest of the, the world. But for us, uh, it's moving, we, we, you know, the dollar is a, a currency that people are losing their trust in and have been losing their trust in. Uh, but it's also a cryptocurrency at this point. I mean, almost all of my transactions are electronic. Uh, they are. I've carried the same, you know, $20 bills around in my wallet. It actually just in a little billfold, you know, for months. I have no opportunity to spend them because everything I do is by credit card or, you know, just bank transfer. And I think that's the same for most of the people who are watching this. Uh, so you're trading a government you don't trust that issues paper paper money for a black box that you shouldn't trust and has no intrinsic value. So, you know, I don't understand the difference. I think there's a lot of hysteria there. Yeah, well, I guess we're going to have to see how that unfolds. But really good information for the listeners, the audience here. And, uh, you know, people should really take into account what it means to be a long-term investor and what it means to be broadly exposed to the market through something like an index. Scott, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us and we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Great. Pleasure, Jeff. That wraps up this episode of BRN AM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to. Drop us a line and don't forget for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more, all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, or visit our website and, of course, our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRNAM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device. Are you being audited and do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Is the IRS threatening to take more of your money? Don't fight the IRS alone. The Tax Doctor is here to help you negotiate your tax bill and reduce your stress. The IRS can freeze your assets and seize your bank accounts, but you can stop these IRS actions. 
The tax doctor will work with you using our years of experience to represent your case to help you get the best resolution under the IRS guidelines. Help is here to deal with the IRS to reduce your stress. We've handled thousands of cases, so we know what we're doing. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, do not call the IRS alone. Call a tax doctor now for a tax emergency analysis. Call 800-224-6439.